Anything else? Wadih? Naam. Yeah, would give the blessing. No. No. Very good question. Very good question. Very good question. Uh, seeking ta'weeth. Ta The belief that people have in ta'weed are of two, two kinds, two beliefs. Some people believe that the ta'weed is one of the means and reasons which Allah ordained. Okay? And some of them, basically, some of them believe that those are means and reasons, and Allah is the main one who brings the outcomes from those means and reasons. Basically, they believe that it is one of the lawful means and reasons. This is number one. Some of them believe that the ta'weed itself is the one which casts away harm, for example, without the will of Allah. Yes, two beliefs exist as you, as you say, sister. The one who believes the first it uh, fell into the minor polytheism, al-shirk, al-asghar. Why? Because believing that something is of the lawful means and reasons, and Allah did not ordain so, this is as if you have set up yourself as someone who judges that such a thing is one of the lawful means and reasons with Allah. That is why it is a minor act of polytheism. But if you believe that this thing, or any means and reasons, whether lawful or, or, or unlawful, if you believe that it benefits without the will of Allah, then this is a major polytheism. So both are acts of polytheism, sister. But the first one is minor, and the, and the second one is uh, major. Now, the thing that made the polytheists disbelievers is they thought the first, uh, the second. They thought that uh, they give intercession without the permission of Allah. Meaning that they give intercession without the will of Allah. See? This is how they became major polytheists. Is this clear? Barakallahu feekum. We are calling other than Allah. Huh? We are calling other than Allah. Okay, I call a fire person. Yes. He's dead. Mm. But I have the intention that we not do by his will, but by the will of Allah. Is it allowed or minority? Okay. You have to ask now. Did Allah give him the will? This we have, we, we need proof. Understood? Yani, okay, you might say, okay, the pious man, I asked from him, but I believe that it is the will of Allah. By the will of Allah, He gives me. But the question is, can He be able to give you? And do you have a proof that He is able to give you? This is the thing. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that the dua cannot be sought from other than Allah. What is dua? What is the meaning of dua? As it will come in the three principles, the meaning of dua 
is the asking accompanied by, uh, the, the calling accompanied by asking. Basically, when you call someone and ask something for him, this is, this is the meaning of dua. Okay? Now, dua is of two types. A dua, which is considered an act of worship, and a dua, which is not considered an act of worship. Okay? Now, if I call you and say, Nabil, can you help me? Nabil, can you help me? What have I done? I did dua to Nabil. Why? Because the dua is a call accompanied by request. Now, now it depends what I ask Nabil. Can you get me a glass of water? Now, I have asked from him something that he could do. This is not an act of worship. What makes a dua not, of, not an act of worship is that the thing which is sought other than Allah can do. Now, if I were to ask Nabil something that only Allah could do, this makes the dua an act of worship. Yani this is the dua which is considered an act of worship. So if I ask him such a thing and only Allah could do it, I believe that he could do something only Allah could do. Basically, I made him equal to Allah. And this, what would make, make it mean that I'm worshipping him. Understood? So, the, uh, respected brother, for uh, your, your question, that the pious man, when I ask from him, I believe that it is all by the will of Allah. I'm, I'm right, I'm with you. But the question we have to ask, does he have the ability to do that? First of all, he's dead. And remember when we said in the uh, previous uh, yani, uh, 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 lesson that if the, this dead person was alive, miskin, and both of them, both of uh, two persons were talking to them at the same time, he wouldn't, he wouldn't catch each, each one's, each one's uh, speech. How about millions of people asking the same per person, the same person, and he's dead. Today, millions of people ask one person, and he's dead. What does this contain? We said it contains two beliefs. It contains that you believe that he has the ability to hear the call of each person at the same time. And he is able to identify what each person is asking at the same time. This kind of hearing only Allah could do. And you believe also that he can give you your, your want and the want of all the people asking him at the same time. And this thing only Allah could do. Well, there. Is this clear? Yes. Yeah. Whether this thing is alive or not, seeking anything. See, we said here, the summary, directing your worship to other than Allah, whether it is alive or not. The idols, are they alive? No. But Allah, although judged upon them who seek them, who surrender to them, who ask them, who worship to them, who prostrate to them, he judged that it is an act of polytheism. So it doesn't matter if the person is, uh, is, uh, is, is, if the thing that is worshipped is alive or not. And if we, we were to say that, uh, but the ta'weed is not alive, so is the person, the dead person. He's not alive as well. You get me? So, this is the summary of the third principle. Directing your worship to other than Allah is an act of polytheism, whether directed to, uh, to idols or anything else. You can, also, you can only seek for clarification because the uh, questions are at the end. No. No, it depends. If the dead person called the people to, to, because some people, when they die, before they die, they say, come to my grave and ask me and I will ask Allah. Some people do that. 
May Allah subhanahu wa protect us. So the person who is pleased with it, he will be punished. But the person who is not, as the verse we have just read, Ahsant, Isa alayhi salam, they don't approve of what they're doing. And in another verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَيَوْمَ يَحْشُرُهُمْ جَمِيعًا ثُمَّ يَقُولُ لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ أَهَاؤُلَاءِ إِيَّاكُمْ كَانُوا يَعْبُدُونَ And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shall resurrect them all, and He shall say to the angels, are those, were those worshipping you? What do the angels say? They say, Subhanak, أَنْتَ وَلِيُّنَا مِنْ Glorified be you. You are our wali besides them. They were worshipping the jinn. They, they claimed themselves innocent of being worshipped. Because they were not pleased with it. طيب تفضل بارك الله فيك ثانك يو جزاكم الله خيرا the fourth principle so is this the third principle clear طيب now the fourth principle is a conclusion the fourth principle is considered a conclusion let's see the fourth principle is that the mushrikeen of our time are worse in their shirk than the mushrikeen who came before. This is because those who came before committed shirk during times of ease and made their worship purely for Allah during times of difficulty. However, the shirk of the mushrikeen of our time is continuous during times of ease and difficulty. The proof to his, the proof is his, the Most High saying, فَإِذَا رَكِبُوا يعني The proof that the mushrikeen before used to commit shirk only in times of ease, but in times of difficulty, they make their call purely to Allah. What is the proof of this? The proof of this is in Allah saying, فَإِذَا رَكِبُوا فِي الْفُلْكِ دَعَوَ اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ فَلَمَّا نَجَّهُمْ إِلَى الْبَرِّ إِذَا هُمْ يُشْرِكُونَ And when they embark on a ship, they invoke Allah, making their faith pure for Him only. But when He brings them ashore, He brings them safely to land, behold, they give a share of their worship to others. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also said in Surah Yunus, وَجَاءَهُمُ الْمَوْجُ مِنْ كُلِّ مَكَانٍ وَظَنُّوا أَنَّهُمْ أُحِيطَ بِهِمْ دَعَوَ اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ This is in Surah Yunus. Yunus. No. Which is Surah, num uh, surah number 10. Hold on. Verse number 22. 22. Powerful verse. He it is. Uh, surah number 10, verse number 22. He it is who enables you to travel throughout land and sea. Till when you are in the ships and they sail with them with a favorable wind and they are glad therein, then comes a stormy wind and the waves come to them from all sides and they think that they are encircled therein, then they invoke Allah, making their faith pure for Him alone. In times of difficulty, in hardship, they call only upon Allah because they believe that only Allah can save them. Allahu Akbar. Fitrah. Fitrah. Saying, they say, if you, Allah, deliver us 
From this we shall truly be of the grateful. But when he delivers them, behold, they rebel, disobey Allah in the earth wrongfully, meaning they worship other than Allah. O oh, mankind, your rebellion, disobedience to Allah is only against your own selves, a brief enjoyment of this worldly life. Then in the end, to us is your return, and we shall inform you of that which you used to do. But today, today, in both times of hardship and times of ease, Allah, other than Allah, is made a rival to Allah in worship. In both times. He says, it is continuous during times of ease and difficulty. Rather, in times of difficulty, their call to other than Allah increases. Increases. The proof to this, or the proof is his, the most saying, etc. So, this uh, page number 11, it's not of the book. In page number 11, it's not of the book. Until he's saying, and Allah, the sublime, knows best prayers and peace. This is the end of the book without this part that says so based upon this the caller then he is actually a worshipper this is not of the book so the author here gave a difference between the mushriks of today and the mushriks of before this is the conclusion he wants to he wants to get us to so the difference between the polytheist the polytheists of today of our time and the ones before. What's the difference? Hmm. The ones before. Yes. Call only Allah or call other than a call upon other than Allah, other than Allah, only in times of ease. Uh, but the ones today, uh, do so. Uh, and, no, continuously. Can we say continuously? Okay. In uh, other books of the author, he mentions four additional differences. And we shall gather them together here, so it becomes clear. So, on top of these, I'm going to mention four more, making them how many? Five differences between the mushrikes of today, the polytheists of today, and the polytheists of before. Second difference. A difference from the aspect of lordship. from the aspect of lordship. The ones before singled out Allah huh, in his lordship. But the ones today join other than Allah 
with him, even in lordship. Even in his lordship. There are people today who say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given the power of bringing down the rain to so-and-so. Yes? Yes. Aren't there people today who say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the power of a certain side of the earth to this pious man? Yes, there are people who say that. There are people who said that even 700 years ago. Even more. There are deviated scholars who said that also. There are people who say that the pious man is able to grant you an offspring. There are people who say that the pious man can reach out to the ship when you are in the sea and drag it to shore. Yes. All of these are what? Huh? All of these are what? Because only the one who could do such a thing is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because these things are men which are mentioned are of Allah's lordship, of Allah's acts, not the acts of his slaves. So who is worse in polytheism? The ones before? The ones today. So this is a second difference. Third, from the aspect of names and attributes, names and attributes, names and attributes, The ones before didn't deny any of Allah's names, of Allah's names or attributes, except Ar-Rahman. They have denied this arrogantly, just arrogantly. They believe that Ar-Rahman is one of the Allah's names, but when uh, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam wrote or said, uh, ordered Ali to write Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim They said, no, we don't know what is ar-Rahman. They did this out of arrogance. So, but the rest, they all believe in Allah's names and attributes and they didn't deny any of them. But the ones today, or most of the polytheists, of today deny most of Allah's attributes. Attributes. As I said to you before, there are people who took half of that verse. Based upon this, Allah doesn't hear. Allah doesn't see. Because we hear and we see. Clear? The people who have taken the half of that verse. This is number three. Number four, from the aspect of La ilaha illallah, the shahada. La ilaha illallah. The ones before 
knew the meaning of La ilaha illallah. Knew the meaning of it. That is why they didn't say it. Good. What did the Prophet ﷺ call them to? قُولُوا لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ تُفْلِحُوا Say لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ And you shall be successful. What have they said? أَجَعَلَ الْآلِهَةَ إِلَاهًا وَاحِدًا إِنَّ هَذَا لَشَيْءٌ عُجَابٌ Surah Sa'd. Surah Sa'd, which is Surah number 38. 38. See. وَعَجِبُوا أَنْ جَاءَهُمْ مُنْذِرٌ مِّنْهُمْ Surah number 38, verse number 4. And they, Arab pagans, wonder that a warner, Prophet Muhammad has come to them from among themselves. And the disbelievers say, this Prophet Muhammad is a sorcerer, a liar. Why? What has he called them to? Has he made the aliha, the gods, all into one ilah? Into one ilah? Verily, this is a curious thing. When he called them, he said, Say la ilaha illallah. What did they understand when he said to them, La ilaha illallah? What did they understand that the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, is calling them to do? To do what? Huh? To single out Allah in what? In lordship? Worship. Otherwise, they believe, as we said before in that verse uh, in Surah Yunus, they believe that Allah is the creator of the heavens and the earth. Nobody created with Him. They believe that Allah is the only provider. But that's not what they understood from that word. They understood that the Prophet is asking them to worship only Allah. So they understood that La ilaha illallah means worshiping only Allah. Many, many, many examples. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, a clear example, إِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا إِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ وَيَقُولُونَ أَإِنَّا لَتَارِكُوا آلِهَتِنَا لِشَاعِرٍ مَجْنُونَ They, when it was said to them, لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ They puff up themselves with pride. And they say, what do they say? إِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا إِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ وَيَقُولُونَ And they say, أَإِنَّا لَتَارِكُوا آلِهَتِنَا Are we going to leave our gods, our aliha, for a mad poet? So what have they understood from this word? They have understood that the Prophet ﷺ is calling them to leave their aliha. What did they believe in their aliha? Did they believe that their aliha created Allah, created the heavens and the earth with Allah? No. What did they believe? They used to worship their aliha. They used to worship their aliha. All right. Before the, the previous class, I gave you a proof that all the messengers called to la ilaha illallah. And the proof to this in Surah An-Nahl. وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ قَبْلِكَ مِنْ رَسُولٍ إِلَّا نُوحِي إِلَيْهِ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنَا فَعْبُدُونَ Previous one. What's the name of the surah? No, 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 not Sa'd. He means the other one. إِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا إِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ لَا إِلَهِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ الشُّعْرَاءِ الصَّفَّاتِ طيب. 
نعم الصافات أحسن الله لك جزاكم الله خيرا الصافات verse number in the first verses 35 بارك الله فيك ها طيب بارك الله فيك 35 نعم أحسن الله لك it says Surah number 37, verse number 35. Truly, when it was said to them, La ilaha illallah, none has a right to be worshipped except Allah. They puffed up themselves with pride, denied it, and they said, Are we going to abandon our aliha for the sake of a mad poet? Jazakumullah khair. In Surah Al-Nahl, in Surah Al-Nahl, which is Surah number 16, Surah number 16. No, 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 not Surah Al-Nahl. Surah Al-Anbiya. Naam. سورة الأنبياء حفظكم الله بارك الله فيك نعم not 21 no 25 سورة نمبر 21 يس سورة نمبر 21 verse نمبر 25 and we did not send any messenger before you محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم but we revealed to him saying what لا إله إلا الله. None has the right to be worshipped but I. So worship me alone. So every messenger has called his people to لا إله إلا الله. Every messenger. Example number two. Number three. طيب. طيب. You got it. The example of number three, I told you, some of them, for example, some of them say Allah's, Allah's face is mentioned in the Quran. So they say the face means the reward. The face means the reward. So they twist the meaning of the face to give another meaning. Why? Because they believe if they proved a face for Allah, that would mean they are resembling Allah to His creation. Why? Because to them, they said, "We have faces. Allah can't be us and have a face. Uh, can't be like us and has a face." Because they only took that half, that first half of the verse. Nothing is like Allah. Are they? So they said, Allah can't have a face. If he has a face, that means he is like us. So we say to them, no. Allah has a face, but not like our faces. Just as he has a hearing, not like our hearing. Is Allah like anyone else? So why can't his attributes also be -like, uh, not like anyone else? What's the difference between the thing itself and its attribute. Clear? If you say, is anything like Allah? You will say no. So why do you differentiate between Allah and His attributes? Saying, no, 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 Allah, there's nothing like Allah. But His attributes, yes, they, they, they are something like Him. So we don't, we don't prove any attributes to Allah. That is wrong. Well, they, this is based upon them taking half of the verse. So, so because they want to run away from saying, no, Allah doesn't have a face, they twist the meaning. 
And they say, no, Allah's face means his reward. Understood? No. Tayyib. For number one? Number one. Number one... <coughs> No. no, 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 because the fire department can help you. Yani when, you ask the, when you call the fire what are you asking them to do? You're asking them to come put out the fire. They can do that. See, the scale to know the difference from when something is considered an act of worship and when it's not is a simple pointer. Is this thing that you're asking exclusively Allah's or not? Is, the, is Allah the only one who can do this or not? Simple, ask yourself this question. If Allah can, only Allah can do it, then asking it from other than, other than Allah turns into an act of worship. But if other than Allah can do it, then it's not an act of worship because other than Allah can do it. Well, that, that's why when Musa, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said about that man who, who seek the help, uh, sought the help of Musa, he called Musa. The person of his folks uh, uh, asked for Musa's help against, against his foes. So he asked Musa. Now the question is, did he ask Musa something only Allah could do? No, he asked Musa something he could do. So this does not make it an act of worship. Clear? So what were we saying? Where did we reach? La ilaha illallah. Yes. So all the messengers call to La ilaha illallah. Now, I will give you a similar verse. Similar verse. What's this verse say? And we did not send any messenger before you, but we revealed to him La ilaha illallah. Now I'm going to give you the same the, a verse that gives the same exact meaning. But instead of La ilaha illallah, it expressed the meaning of La ilaha illallah. Open Surah Al-Nahl. Surah Al-Nahl, which is Surah number 16. Surah number 16. Verse number 36. The same, the same meaning. And verily we have sent among every ummah. Same meaning or not? In that verse it says, we have not sent a messenger except with something. Yes? In this verse, what does it say? It said, and verily we have sent among every ummah a messenger. Same meaning? Same meaning. What's the message? But in this verse, it says another thing. It says, proclaiming what? Worship Allah alone. This verse explains what La ilaha illallah means. Why? Because the first verse said that the messengers call to something. And this verse also said that the messengers call to something. What is that something, La ilaha illallah? What is the explanation of La ilaha illallah? This. None has the right to be worshipped except Allah. Another example. Another example. Which verse in? Surah An-Nahl. Uh, uh, verse number 36. 36. 
Surah number 16, verse number 36. Another example. Surah Al-Imran. Surah Al-Imran. قُلْ يَا أَهْلَ الْكِتَابِ تَعَالَوْا إِلَىٰ كَلِمَةٍ سَوَاءٍ بَيْنَنَا وَبَيْنَكُمْ قُلْ يَا أَهْلَ الْكِتَابِ تَعَالَوْا إِلَىٰ كَلِمَةٍ سَوَاءٍ بَيْنَنَا وَبَيْنَكُمْ This is in Surah, uh, surah Al-Imran, which is Surah number 3, verse number 64. Hmm. Say, O Muhammad, O people of the Scripture, Jews and Christians, Come to a word, come to a word that is just between us and you. That word, by the unanimous agreement of the scholars, is La ilaha illallah. Now, how was La ilaha illallah expressed? See, come to a word that is just between us and you. What is that word? He said, that we worship none but Allah. It didn't say that we believe that Allah is the only creator. That we believe that Allah is the only provider. No. He says, come. He said that we worship none but Allah. This is the meaning of la ilaha illallah. Because the Prophet wasallam, as all messengers was sent to deliver the same message as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Nahl. And we have sent among every ummah a messenger proclaiming, worship Allah alone. Well there. So, the people before, they knew the meaning of la ilaha illallah. And take another proof. Open Surah Al-Araf. Surah Al-Araf, which is Surah number 7. 7. Now, we, we understood now that all the messengers called to the same message, la ilaha illallah. See what the people of Ad understood, or the people of Hud understood from his call. See, uh, Surah Al-A'raf, Surah number 7, verses 65 on, onwards. See, he says, And to Ad, people, we sent their brother Hud. He said, O oh, my people, worship Allah. You have no other ilah. God but him. Then it says between brackets what? La ilaha illallah. Now, what was his people's answer to him? So, uh, verse number 70 is their answer. Verse number 70. They said, have you come to us that we should worship Allah alone? And forsake that? which our fathers used to worship, what have they understood from La ilaha illallah? To worship Allah alone. And leave that which their forefathers used to worship. This is the meaning of La ilaha illallah. Now, how many people today know the meaning of La ilaha illallah? A lot of people when they are asked, what's the meaning of La ilaha illallah? They will say that Allah is the only creator, that Allah is the only provider, Allah is the, the most powerful, Allah is the most hearing, Allah is the most seeing. And many people today don't know the meaning of La ilaha illallah. The ones before, they knew the meaning of La ilaha illallah, and that is what made them refrain from saying it. 
The Prophet وسلم, said, when he said to a group, and, and his uncle was among them, Abu Lahab, he said to them, I just want a word, just one word from you. Just one word. And they said to him, just one word. And he said, yes. He said, we shall give you ten. What is it? La ilaha illallah. What does his uncle say? Woe to you. Is that it? Is this, is, this is why you gathered us? Allah. This is clear. So this... The, 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 the ones before knew the meaning of La ilaha illallah. That is why they didn't say it. But the ones today don't know the meaning. That is why they say it and act. That is why they say it and don't act upon it by worshipping other than Allah with Him. Point number five, difference number five, is a difference from the aspect of ilahiyyah, of Worship. Uh, of ilahiyya, meaning the right to be worshipped. Of the right of right to be worshipped. That means the difference from the aspect of who did, whom they worshipped. Whom did they think has the right to be worshipped? The ones before, if they did, direct their worship to other than Allah, they would only do so with a pious man. Only the pious. People of Nuh, five pious men. Passed away because they are pious, they worship them. Because they are close to Allah. But the ones today worship even those that could be known to be. the biggest sinners of all time. How is this so? A lot of people believe nowadays. And this is written in the books of those people, those people who believe so. I have not brought any word for myself. Inshallah, if you may, or if you wish, I shall give you references and you can go back to their books. And this, what they say, what they believe is available in their books. They believe that, a, that someone could, could reach a certain stage of worship 
where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders him to stop worshipping. As they say, how? Yani, when a, when a slave does his best, worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala day and night, he reached to a level of high iman, as they say, where he sees Allah in his sleep, and some say even alive, yani, uh, awake now. And he says to him, I am your Lord, and I have pardoned you from praying. You, don't lo you no longer need to pray. Because you have reached to that level that no one has reached. You have become of a higher level. You don't need to pray. Prayer is for the lame people, the layman, not you. You are special to me. You don't need to pray. So when he doesn't pray, and he used to be praying maybe a thousand rakahs a day, the people will say, what will they say? He reached. He reached the level. You might find this funny, but this exists. Yes, yes, no problem. I'll give you the references. I will, get, I will leave it with kalima. I will leave it with kalima, and you, shall, you can uh, go back to kalima, and I will leave the reference with them. And the books are in Arabic, of course. But without uh, mentioning a particular uh, yani sect. The sects are many. And the uh, strange beliefs are many. And, some, uh, and also, they believe that Allah could appear in his sleep and say, Zina is no longer forbidden for you. Naam. Homosexuality is no longer forbidden for you. So when he commits zina, commits sexual intercourse with boys, they say he has reached. And this exists. And the Shiites do this. And the people who know, know. They do this. And they consider this to be, as they call, a karama, an honor. That this person reached to that high stage that he no longer has to do what Allah ordered him to do. Nor does he need to stop from that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forbid. So when he dies, they say, that is a person who he reached, who reached. That is why they worship him. So the ones of today, they worship even people who are sinners. Even people who commit kufr, who disbelieve in Allah openly. And one of them says, and as a reference, and he's Ibn Arabi. Ibn Arabi is known. Very popular. 
He says, ما تحت الجبة إلا الله. الجبة is the turban. No one under the turban is except Allah. The one under the turban is Allah. They believe that when they reach a certain extent of worship, Allah merges into them or they merge into Allah becoming Him, a part of Him. مَا تَحْتَ الْجُبَّةِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ And this is where the saying, Allah is everywhere, comes from. They believe everything is Allah. I'm Allah, you're Allah. Everything is Allah. The ground is Allah, everything. They believe that. Five minutes. So the ones today worship even those that could be known to be the biggest sinners of all time. Wallahu ta'ala alam. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala rabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. And this would be the end of this book. Alhamdulillah. Now, take the questions down. Now, uh, do we uh, start with the... Yeah. Is there a clarification, a seeking clarification or a question? Tfadani, yeah. Tfadani. Mm -hmm. No, no, this is, يعني, this is a, 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 يعني, a minor polytheism. And it's a, it could be considered a major sin also in loving a, a rock star. First of all, loving the disbelievers is a major sin because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered us in the Quran not to love them. So if someone would to, were to love, for example, the rock star or whatever, um, but at the same time, doesn't believe that he is upon the truth, believes that he is a disbeliever and that he is upon kufr. This would only be a major sin. But, however, if his love to this rock star makes him, uh, uh, bring him, in, uh, and make him as a priority in front of the obedience of Allah, it could turn to be an act of worship to this person. And it varies, I mean, there are levels. It could be, it, it is mostly a minor act of polytheism. And if it, if it reaches, I any mean, mostly, mostly that kind of love, which is excessive and reaches to a point where he, he brings him in front of everything, even the obedience of, of Allah, is just a minor act of uh, polytheism. Wadah, is it clear? Fadal. Number one. Someone is having some pain. Some pain. Okay. Uh, and you make the Quran, uh, and you make the yes. No, no, because this is proven. That the Prophet ﷺ proved that Ruqya, Ruqya is reading Quran for the sake of cure. So the Prophet ﷺ approved of this. He's asking someone something he can do. And if I ask someone to read on me, I'm asking him something he could do. Understood? No. Yeah. Yes.
Yes. Yes. Basically, they are asking them through. Uh, they, they are asking Allah through. Okay, so who are they asking? You see the point? Of course. See, the dua, the dua in something that only Allah could do can only be given to Allah. The policy, if polytheists, how, on what justification have they worshipped other than Allah? Seeking nearness means worshipping Allah through them. Because they basically said we are sinners, we can't worship Allah directly. There has to be someone between us who is close to Allah so that we could get close to Allah by. Understood? And this is uh, what the Christians do with their, with their father when they go to the father. What do they say? Oh, father, I have sinned. What does the father say? You are forgiven. You are forgiven. Who can forgive the sins? Only Allah. So when he says you are forgiven, he has claimed that he has done something only Allah could do. Understood? Tawwal. Naam? The name of the, the man who? Wahdat al-Wujud. Naam. Wahdat al-Wujud is the belief that says that Allah is in everything. Huh? The name of the, of the man? Uh, there are many. One of them is Ibn Arabi. Uh, Ibn Arabi. Ibn Arabi. There are many. Ibn Arabi, Ibn Al-Farid. There are many. May Allah protect us now. Yeah, go ahead, inshallah. So we're going to start with the questions now. The first question is, Bismillah. Bismillah. Uh, Ustad, can you please explain again what that we mean? Okay, before I... <coughs> Regarding the question, the last time it was asked uh, if we clean our house for the... A sister asked if you, they clean your house for the, for the guests. I'd like to clarify something. See, when something is proven to be an act of worship, giving it to other than Allah is considered polytheism. But that which is not an act of worship, like cleaning the house and everything which is permissible, Giving it to other than Allah is not considered polytheism. Why? Because polytheism is giving an act of worship to other than Allah. So please don't mix between what is not an act of worship and what is an act of worship. Well, there. Hold on. So Ta'weed again. Uh, ask the question, yeah, please. Someone asked, could you please explain what Ta'weed means? Ta'weed. <coughs> Anything. No, it's not just an eminent. Ta'weed is uh, basically, first of all, it is called the Tamimah. Tamima. The Arabs called it a tamima. Tamima is everything hanged. Everything hanged for the cause of uh, gaining benefit or casting away harm. Anything hanged. No matter what that thing is, hang what that thing hanged is, and no, ma no matter upon what it is hanged, anything that is hanged is called a tamima. Wadih. So whatever you hang on whatever you hang upon, this is called a tamima. So a ta'weed is a, 
a rope or a whatever is hanged on, on, the, uh, on the neck or the neck of the uh, camel or, or, or the house or whatever for, uh, to, for the cause of gaining benefit and casting away, casting away harm. Well, there. Now, if you believe that the ta'weeth, if you hang the ta'weeth, believing that it is one of the means and reasons to, to, uh, to uh, gain benefit or cast away harm, then this is a minor act of polytheism. Why? Because Allah did not make it one of the means and reasons. And the Prophet wasallam said in a hadith, authenticated, he says, Whoever hanged something was under its control. Meaning Allah made, will make him under his control. Yani Allah will, will cut off the links between, between him and the thing that he has depended on. So, man ta'allaqa shay'an wukila ilayh. Also, uh, Ibn Mas'ud said, inna tama'ima, inna al-ruqa, wa tama'ima, wa tiwalata shirk. Al-ruqa is the, uh, the uh, impermissible reading, the reading that contains uh, names of the devils, or, or, etc. Al-ruqa. Al-tama'im uh, is the plural of tamima. Inna al-ruqa wa tama'ima shirkun. Shirkun, act of polytheism. So it has been proven in the sunnah that a tamima or a ta'weed, hanging a ta'weed is an act of polytheism. Now it depends, is it a minor act of polytheism or, the, or major? It depends. If you believe that it is one of the lawful means, uh, means and reasons, then this is a minor act of polytheism. Why? Because Allah does, subhanahu wa ta'ala did not make it so. And if you believe that the ta'weed uh, acts without the will of Allah, then it is a major polytheism. Is this a question or clarification? Even if it has verses of the Quran? Even if it has verses of the Quran. No. Because the lawful means and reason is to read Quran for the secret cure, not hang it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Kitabun anzalnahu ilayka mubarakun ayata. We have revealed down this blessed book for you to consider it carefully. Not to hang it. Hanging it is insulting it. You hang it on your on whatever you want to hang it on. You go to whatever you want to go, in the toilet, in the you sweat on it. Hanging it is not uh, respecting it. Hanging it is disrespecting it. Hanging it is, insul is, is insulting it. Do you want to glorify the word of Allah? Act upon it. Hmm? Even if you hang it on yourself. Yes. It's prohibited. Even if most of the people believe otherwise. Our... Uh, guidance is Allah's word and His Prophet's word. Yeah. The questioner asks, what is the punishment for minor shirk? Minor shirk, there's a dispute among the scholars. Some say the minor shirk is not forgiven. But when they said it's not forgiven, they did not mean that it will make you uh, dwell forever in the hellfire. No. They, they meant by saying it is not forgiven, that means you have to get punished for it. That means you have to be cleansed from it, then you enter heaven. Some say that if your good deeds yani, are overbalance the minor shirk, it is forgiven. It is covered by your good deeds. So there's a difference in opinion in this. 
and Allah knows best. But the end to the one who has committed a minor shirk is, 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 uh, is paradise. Yeah, this they have agreed upon. That the minor shirk does not cause you to get out of the circle of Islam, but you are in great danger. No. You mentioned that the belief in ta'weed is of two types. No. Regarding the first belief, mm. i.e. that it is one of the permissible means and reasons, mm-hmm. could you please clarify why this is classified as minor shirk and not as a bid'ah? Not as a bid'ah? It is a bid'ah at the same time. Because a bid'ah, what's the meaning of bid'ah? Bid'ah is an innovation, something new in religion. This is something new in religion. Well, there. But how it is considered a minor shirk, not, not a major one? Because you have not, we said that the way to know the minor shirk is a partial polytheism, not a full one, not a total submission. Now, he who has depended upon the ta'weed, believing that Allah is the one who makes it work, has he depended fully on it or partially? That's why it's minor. Which is? Which was punishment of Yeah. from everything negates it. Take it as a principle. Even the major shirk. Repent from anything erases it. It's as if it, it wasn't there. No. The questioner asks, does the act of going after money or position, i.e. chasing it, or any other worldly or materialistic gain, is this chasing an act of shirk? If the one chasing the money or the worldly life brings it in front of the obedience of Allah, and for example, he gets busy with the money from salah, leaving salah in the jama'ah, or leaving the acts which are obligatory, it's a minor shirk. It's a minor, minor act of polytheism. And it could reach to being a major act of polytheism. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al- Al- Surah Al-Tawbah, قُلْ إِنْ كَانَ أَبَاؤُكُمْ وَأَبْنَاؤُكُمْ وَإِخْوَانُكُمْ وَأَزْوَاجُكُمْ وَعَشِيرَتُكُمْ وَأَمْوَالٌ اِقْتَرَفْتُمُوهَا وَتِجَارَةٌ تَخْشَوْنَ كَسَادَهَا وَمَسَاكِنُ تَرْضَوْنَهَا أَحَبَّ إِلَيْكُمْ مِنَ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ وَجِهَادٍ فِي سَبِيلِهِ فَتَرَبَّصُوا حَتَّى يَأْتِيَ اللَّهُ بِأَمْرِهِ وَاللَّهُ لَا يَهْدِي القوم الفاسقين Surah number 9, verse number 24. Say, if your fathers, your sons, your brothers, your wives, your kindred, the wealth that you have gained, the commerce in which you fear a decline, and the dwellings in which you delight are dearer to you than Allah and His Messenger, and striving hard and fighting in His cause, then wait until... Allah brings about his decision, torment, and Allah guides not the people who are fasiqoon, the rebellious, disobedient to Allah. There is a hadith narrated by Uthman ibn Hunayf in which a blind person asks Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to ask Allah to cure him. And it goes on in the hadith till the Prophet teaches him a dua. Oh Allah, I ask of you and I turn to you through your prophet, mm. etc. And this, the question says it's narrated in Muslim Ahmed. No. 
The so, questioner asks, mm. can we ask this dua now that the Prophet ﷺ has left this word, has left this world? Please clarify. No. Why? Because the dua was for, from the Prophet ﷺ to that person in particular. The person said, Allahumma inni atawajjahu ilayka binabiyika by your Prophet. This, now we have to ask a question. Does he mean by your, prophet's, by your Prophet's self? That means I ask you by himself? Or by the dua which he said for him? Hmm. Hmm? Okay. After the death of the Prophet وسلم, did any of the Sahaba ask in such a way? If, yes, the proof. During the time of Uthman, one person was trying to meet him. To recite the dua. The same dua that he that he said to that blind man. So here we have to see is the hadith authentic or not? Because not every hadith is authentic. So we have to see and search first, investigate the hadith. Where is the hadith? Is the hadith authentic? By which it was by who was it was it narrated? If it's authentic, then we see what the scholars have said uh, regarding this hadith. If it is not authentic, then it is not even correct that uh, Umar or Uthman said so. But in regards to what you said, that what is meant here when he said, when he asked Allah by his Prophet, yani by the Prophet's dua, not by himself. And the proof to this, that if it meant by himself, then the Sahaba would have done the same after the death of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So the proof, the, the, make, being or the, the, uh, being the, 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 the companions having not asked the Prophet, uh, ask Allah in that manner, meaning that this is not understood from this hadith. That this is not understood from this hadith. And the proof to this is what uh, uh, Umar ibn Khattab said to the uncle of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He said to him, and this hadith was authenticated, he said to him, Allahumma inna, he said to the uncle of the Prophet kunna nastasqi bi nabiyyina. He said, Allahumma inna kunna nastasqi bi nabiyyik. Yani we used to ask for rain by your Prophet. Now when they asked for rain, how did they ask it from the Prophet? They asked the Prophet to ask Allah. Okay? After the death of the Prophet, they went to Al-Abbas. And they said, O oh Allah, we used to ask by your Prophet. Now what do they mean by your Prophet's self? The Prophet's self or the Prophet's dua? What's the, what's the proof? That the Prophet used to ask, ask dua. Do dua for Allah to, to bring down the rain, and Allah brings down the rain. So they said, now we ask you through 
through no he didn't say dua do we ask you through his uncle what does it mean through his through his uncle's self or through his dua his dua and the proof to this that after umar said that he said ya abbas qum fad'u he said oh abbas get up and ask ask who ask allah واضح نعم من قال صلاة الاستصال لا تجوز أنا أقول أن سؤال الله بدعاء الصالحين هذا جائز يعني أن آتي إليك فأقول أدعو الله لي عرفت الآن الصحابة لما جاءوا إلى عم النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فقالوا له الله أو فقالوا اللهم إنا كنا نستسقي بنبيك وإن الآن نستسقي بعم نبيك قم يا عباس فدعو get up عباس and call this is asking Allah by who by what by the dua of the عباس not by himself and the proof to this that if they meant by عباس's self why would they leave the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and ask Allah by عباس self Understood? Yani, if they were asking Allah by the Prophet's self, then the Prophet is still there in his grave. They, they can simply say, Allahumma inna nas'aluka bi nabiyik, because he is there. Well, they, although he's dead, he's there. But asking Allah by the Prophet doesn't matter if he's dead or not. Understood? But when they have not done that, and adding to Umar saying, Qum ya Abbas fad'u, that means they meant the dua. Not Abbas himself, or not the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa himself. Was it? Huh? Of course. Of course, we can make the dua ourselves. No. Could you please uh, repeat again the principle of having sallallahu with Allah? Having, having. Can you please confirm the principle of having sabr with Allah? Sabr with Allah, that means making yourself submissive to Allah's commandments. Not making yourself submissive to your own whims and desires. Yani not doing of the commands of Allah, the thing which, which suits you. It suits me to pray, I'll pray. It doesn't suit me to fast, I'm not going to fast. This is being submissive to your whims and desires, not to Allah's. You are not being patient with Allah here. You're being patient with your desires. See the difference? But sabr, having sabr with Allah, that means being patient on Allah's orders, whether they suit you or not. Understood, the one who asked? If it's not understood, say, repeat, and I will repeat. No problem. Santi. Could you please write down? She said repeat. For example, there are people who say, huh? for example, if one might, might come and say, for example, Wallahi, Salah. Anyway, some people are good with Salah. They have no problem. They can pray a hundred prayers a day. They have no problem with Salah. But when it comes to fasting, it doesn't suit them. So they don't fast. 
Some people, the contrary. They are good with fasting, no problem. I can fast every day. But with, with prayer, it's not me. I don't see myself praying. Now, who is he a slave to? Slave to Allah or a slave to his desires? Who is he patient with? With his desires. Yani he is following his desires. Wadah? He's not patient with Allah in his rulings. Wadah? Repeat. Ah. Sabr billah is by the aid of Allah. Billah? Fillah for the sake of Allah. Fillah is the same as lillah. Lillah, you can say lillah or fillah. It's the same. Lillah, yani liwajhillah. Yani lillah li liwajhillah. Fillah fi sabilillah. Same thing. No. Can you please write down in Arabic or mention again the dua? quoted by the author at the start of the book? Ask the second question. Go. As'alullah al-kareem. Rabbal arsh al-azim. An yatawallaka fi dunya wal-akhira. This one. So, sir, could you move the uh, text to the top of the uh, some sisters at the back can't see it. There we go. Thank you. وأن يجعلك ممن إذا أعطي شكر وإذا أبتلي ها anyone memorized yet صبر see you're working for that إجازة وإذا أبتلي صبر وإذا أذنب استغفر فإن هؤلاء أحسنت هؤلاء الثلاث ها عنوان السعادة تفضل Could you please mention in brief the use of a sutra The use of a sutra والله I apologize يعني the questions please if they could be uh, relevant because I am not a mufti. I am not a mufti. We explain what we have uh, questions, please, regarding our topics, inshallah. I thank you for thinking good about me, but inshallah, if you want a fatwa, you can take it from the known uh, sources, inshallah, or from the senior scholars. I'm a student of knowledge, and we are just studying together here. We know that when we ask other than Allah, in which others can provide, for example, money or help. No. Can this be taken... Again, again, please. Again, please. 
Um, we can ask certain people for certain things that they can do. They can give us certain things no. like money or help. No, no. Whatever they no. need. No. Can this be taken as an excuse for asking the pious dead people? Because these are things that others can also give us. No, the dead people can't give us. They can't give us uh, those things because they're dead. It's common sense. They're dead. They're not alive. And believing that they can do something although they're dead is believing that they can do something without doing its means and reasons. And believing that someone who is dead could do something without means and reasons Meaning that he could say to something, Kun Fayakun. And the only one who could say to something, Kun Fayakun, is Allah. Huh? 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 If a person is giving us trouble, do we need to maintain sabr? Or is the sabr mentioned here referring only to tests and calamities from Allah? Yeah, this is of the tests. When you call to Allah, you are basically asking people to, or you, you are uh, falling between people and their desires. So you, you must be uh, you will definitely be opposed and you'll be they will oppose you and this opposing could be by, by, uh, by the tongue and it could be by, by the actions as well they could يعني, physically abuse you so you are ordered to be patient even on that because this is of the trials and calamities also you are ordered to be patient even on that no. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam What happened to him? Hmm. They uh, uh, Cut his uh, يعني, He had a uh, They, they uh, broke his teeth His tooth And Huh? Very good. They threw stones on him. What did he? What did he do? He was patient. Sallallahu alaihi wasallam. No. Surah al-Asr. No. As no. Ahsant. No. Tafadl. Can you please explain what wasila means in the light of the Quran? In the light of the Quran, wasila is seeking means of nearness to Allah. And wasila in the Quran is the good deeds. The good deeds. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu attaqu Allah wa bitagu ilayhi al-wasila. Wa bitagu ilayhi al-wasila. In Surah Al-Ma'idah. Surah number 5. No. Surah number 5, verse number uh, 
Surah number 5, verse number 35. O you who believe, do your duty to Allah, and fear Him, and seek the means of approach to Him, and strive hard in His cause as much as you can, so that you may be successful. The means, or the means of seeking nearness to Allah are three. First one, which is the thing meant by the wasila in this verse, is the good deeds. The good deeds, as they are the means to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to His pleasure. Secondly, asking by His names and attributes. Asking by His names and attributes. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَلِلَّهِ الْأَسْمَاءُ الْحُسْنَى فَدْعُوهُ بِهَا Thirdly, by the dua of the pious man who is alive, able, and present. As the story of Umar with Al-Abbas and otherwise. So those are the means uh, of nearness to Allah, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, has ordained. Yeah. Okay, this is going to be the last two questions. Uh, the first one is hanging Quranic supplications on the wall as a means of remembering to read it regularly aloud. Yes, I mean, again, you would, you would again, 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 again. Um, so you have some uh, some dua from the Quran that you would like to hang on the wall or on your door in order to remind you to recite these dua when going about your day. No, because this this might be a door to something else. This might be a door to something else. So it's better to close the doors of evil because this might lead you to something else. This might lead you in the future to believing that this benefits or harms or, or, or casts away harm. And other people, if they see you hanging this verse, what will, what will they do? They will take it as an example and they will do the same. So this is what's called in Sharia, Sadda Dhariya, closing the doors of evil. No. Yeah. The, the hanging of? Hanging of Mus'haf? Huh? Huruf al They are hanging it because they are taking it as a ta'weed. No. What about the? Huh? Ayat al-Kursi. All the Qur'an, Hafidhakillah, the Qur'an, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, this is the cause of revealing the Qur'an. The cause of revealing the Qur'an is to read it and consider it carefully and ponder upon it to act upon it, not to hang it. So we have to follow the cause that the Qur'an was revealed for. Not to hang it because as I said, the hanging it is a means of disrespecting it. Now, now, now. Using plants? Is plants proven by Allah or His Prophet as a means of barakah? If there's a hadith that stays so, yes. But if there's no hadith that stays so, no. Well, there. The, the thing that uh, has barakah is only what Allah decides gives barakah or not. So as long as we don't have a proof proving so, we cannot say something about Allah that is not true. Because everything in this world 
is moved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wadih? No. Yes, please. Not, not we can use, it is the wasila. Okay. My question is that when we use that wazir as a wasila, for example, the three men in the cave, no. they were lost. So does it lead to the, uh, that the wazir will be gone and like, there will be no reward? No, this is a, there's a difference between the two, sister. This is they asked Allah by their good deeds. Here, I said the good deeds are the wasila themselves. You see the difference? Yani the good deeds are the thing that get you to Al-Jannah, get you to the pleasure of Allah. Now asking Allah by the good deeds, and saying, Oh Allah, if that certain deed was, uh, was uh, sincerely to you, then give me so and so. This is asking Allah by the good deeds. This is another means of, uh, that falls under the dua. No. No. Al-Ibrahim? No, no, no. Al-Ibrahim are the people who followed Ibrahim. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, Adkhilu ala fir'awna ashadd al-adhab. Ala fir'awn. What is mean, the meaning of al? The meaning of al are the followers. That's why when uh, Nuh said to his Lord, Ya Rabbi, in, Rabbi inna bni min ahli. My son is of my Al. Ahl is the uh, um, Al, and Al and Ahl is the same origin. So Nuh said, Rabbi inna bni min ahli. My son is of my Al. So what did Allah said? Innahu laysa min ahlik. He's not of your Al, because he's not of your followers. Innahu amalun ghayru salih. So Al Ibrahim is the followers of Ibrahim. Yani, yani the, the, the ones who have not followed Ibrahim is not of his al. Now, if you mean by the Jewish, yani the people who have believed in Musa and died upon the right religion, yes, they are, they are, they are considered because they died on the right religion. As for the Jewish after the changing, no, they are not counted of, the, of al-Ibrahim. Correct? Understood? Naam? Reduced? No. The wasila is the thing between you and Allah. The thing between you and Allah. Yani the means that gets you to something. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that the only means to the Jannah is the good deeds. Yani the means that get us to Jannah. Enter Jannah because of what you have earned. So the good deeds themselves, those are the means and reasons for us to enter Jannah. Is this uh, your question or did I understand wrong? If we ask for a dua of dunya, uh. I think that would be... Ah, uh, if... Uh, no. No, we don't ask... Uh, dunya is not, of a, is not a, of a thing to be asked by our good deeds. We should ask... We shouldn't seek... Uh, or do the good deeds for the sake of dunya, only the sake of akhirah. Yeah. Understood? Yeah.
Yes, they will. Why? Because the Prophet approved it. The Prophet approved of it. Had the Prophet did not approve of it, or did not, did not use it as an example, then it won't. The last question. Ustad, can you please tell us what Ijazah and Isnad means? Ijazah is having the permission to narrate. Having the permission to narrate. Yani. Between the hadith of the Prophet and the one narrating it is a number of men. Okay? So the Sahaba took from the Prophet and the Sahaba uh, narrated the hadith of the Prophet to someone else. So that someone else now narrates from, uh, by the Sahabi to the Prophet. This chain. Although the right way is not to call it a chain. But anyways, this chain is called Isnad. Isnad is the way to the Prophet's quote. Or the Prophet's sunnah. This is called Isnad. Okay? So, Isnad is a link. Is a link. Is a proof. That so and so took the hadith from so and so. And that so and so took the hadith from so and so. This is called an Isnad. So an ijazah is giving you a permission to narrate from me. For example, I narrate this book. Yani I have a link to the author of this book. That means I can say, so-and-so told me that so-and-so told him that the author said so-and-so. This is an ijazah of isnad. So an ijazah is giving you permission to do so. And the ijazah is a quality of this ummah. The Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Only they have the Isnad. No other nation has the Isnad. No Christians, no Jews. They don't have any Isnad. But the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the Isnad a quality of this Ummah. Until today, the Isnad is connected to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. No. Can we? Increase the? Uh, that goes back to Kalima. No? We have one more session next Friday. I wish we had months because I, I think I can speak for all of us in that uh, the Ustad has kept us very, very enthralled and very interested. And Naam. we love the, the method of explanation. Barakallah fikum, barakallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, not punish me for what you say and may he make me better. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive what you, know, what you do not know. And we are all students of knowledge. And the cause of this is for, uh, for us to share what we know. To share what we know. Because the Prophet said, One does not complete his belief or believe completely until he loves for his brother what he loves for himself. So because I love for you what I love for myself, what I have I want to give to you. That is all. That is all now. Simple English word for intercession? Intermediate. Intermediate. Yani, 
in, in Arabic, we have a simple word, waswasta. <laughs> this is actually what intercession means. It means wasta. See, it's funny all of you know wasta, but you don't. Know. <laughs> uh, so, uh, no, recommendation is tazkiyah um, or tawsiyah. But wasta is the intercession. So you can say intermediate. Wallahu alam. And people who know English know more, better than me know best. Naam. Naam. Barakallah fiqh. I hope you agree this time. I, I mean, I'm glad you agree this time. Naam. Very good question. So how do you this? Very good question. I have time? Very good question. Thank you. And you, you reminded me of the time. The brother says, how can you say, or how can we concile between the deeds being the things that enter us into Jannah and it, it was uh, narrated in the hadith that the things that enter us into Jannah is Allah's mercy. Beautiful question. Jazakallah khair for that question. First of all, we, want to, we, want to, we have to understand something. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as we said, made the, the, the good deeds, means and reasons to enter Jannah. Now, remember what I told you, told you about uh, being thankful to Allah. What are the ways of being th thankful to Allah? One of them is being thankful by your actions. So if you worship Allah, you are thankful to Allah. Okay? So the actual worshipping of Allah is, is being grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, being, worshipping Allah, isn't it another ni'mah? As I said before, it is another ni'mah. This ni'mah, doesn't it deserve another shukur? Another thanking? So it deserves more worship. That more worship, isn't it also an ni'mah? And it's, it goes on. So, conclusion, can we worship Allah enough? No. Can we thank Allah for one ni'mah that He has given us? No. So, by the mercy of Allah, by the mercy of Allah, He has made those little deeds as a means and reasons to enter Jannah, although we cannot be, although those means and those deeds are not equivalent to Jannah. Not the same. It's not equivalent to Jannah. Nothing is equivalent, nothing of our deeds is equivalent to Jannah. So that is why it is Allah's mercy that gets us into Jannah. It is Allah's mercy that gets us into Jannah. Otherwise, if it was our deeds, it won't be, it won't, uh, 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 be enough to thank one ni'mah uh, of the ni'mah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon us. Understood? So in the hadith that is said, in the hadith that is said, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, it is said in the hadith, لَنْ يَدْخُلَ أَحَدٌ مِّنْكُمُ الْجَنَّةَ بِعَمَلِهِ No one shall enter Jannah by his deeds. They said to the Prophet ﷺ, Even you? 
He said, even me, unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is merciful with me. What does that mean? That means your deeds will never be something that you trade Jannah with. Trade. What is the meaning of trade? That means if I come to you and say, here, this is 20,000 for that car. What does that mean? That means this 20,000 is worth that car, correct? Okay. Now, can we do the same thing with our deeds? Here, this is my deeds. Can I come to Allah on the Day of Judgment and say, this is my deeds and it is worth Jannah and I'm getting in? No, why? Because those deeds are not even worth Jannah. Understood? So, if you take it in the means of, tr in, 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 the, in the sense of trading, no, 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 no. Don't get it wrong. Your deeds are not even worth even a hair in Jannah. But it is Allah's mercy that He made those little deeds that aren't worth Jannah a means and reasons to enter Jannah. So, it is a means and reasons, but it is not equivalent to Jannah. You see the difference? Everybody understand? Naam? Huh? Zain, shuf. Shuf al hadith shayakul. Daqiqa. One minute. One by one, please. Yakul. Lan yadkhula ahadun minkum al jannata bi'amalih. See. The problem for the people misunderstanding this hadith is the meaning of the letter ba. Please. Len, see, Len Yedhula Ahadun Minkum Al Jannata Biamale. See, this is the hadith the brother is asking about, okay? Are you with me? In the verse it says, Udhulu Al Jannata Bima. This apparently seems like a contradiction, but it is not. Why? I'll tell you why. See? Same letter. Different meaning. B. The first, no one shall enter Jannah bi amali. Okay, now I'm explaining huh? in English. Be or enter Jannah bi. Hold on. Bi ma kuntum ta'amalun. The meaning of al ba here differs. The first ba means exchanging like exchanging goods with services huh? okay like exchanging money with goods you give me this I give you this this is worth it the first bat means exchanging uh, a proof of our daily life become هذه السيارة or اشتريت السيارة B that means I bought the car with exchange to the to the money. Okay? So this meaning of the bat here is exchanging. What's the meaning of the second bat? This bat over here. 
reasoning سببية الباء الأولى أخي الكريم الباء الأولى بدلية يعني عطني هذا بدل هذا زين الباء الثانية سببية مو بدلية مو بمعنى اشتريت كذا بكذا لا بمعنى السبب سو so, ادخلوا الجنة بما كنتم ت... because it's the meaning of reasoning you see the difference so trading no you will not enter Jannah by that. that يعني, an, an example to, to clarify this, it's a hadith, but it's not authentic, but it clarifies that a person will come in the, here, in the day of judgment and he will say, he will, uh, it will, he will be asked, enter Jannah by Allah's mercy, or, or it will be said to him, enter Jannah by Allah's mercy. So he says, I enter Jannah by my deeds. So, it is said to him, measure his deeds with the uh, ni'mah of eyesight. So when it is measured, the ni'mah of eyesight overbalances his deeds. So he is uh, thrown into the hellfire because he, his deeds are not worth the jannah. This is a hadith, but it's, it's not a thing, but it's just to clarify. But the second one, that means as a reason. And making something a reason to something doesn't necessarily mean that it's worth it. And the proof to this is you could say to your child, if you obey me, I'll give you a present. Now that obedience in that small little thing doesn't necessarily mean it is worth that present that you're giving your child. Isn't that so? Clear? Basically, you're saying the people who say we went to that to that uh, place, and that place is, is proven to be a place where Allah accepts our... Is that what you mean? We say to them that this goes back to one of two things. Either because you happen to ask Allah sincerely at that place, so the issue is not in the place, but in your strong uh, 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 turning to Allah, that Allah accepted your dua. Secondly, it is, it is also, it could be because Allah is testing you. Because when you turn to other than Allah, Allah might test you to make that thing happen, to make you believe that that is true. And this is a punishment from Allah. Because of those who turn to other than Allah, Allah could sometimes punish them by making them believe that what is false is true. And this is even in the Quran, in many verses. And, and one of the, Ahsant, and one of the, one of the dua that is uh, known, Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqan wa Yani show us the truth as the truth. Yani don't uh, make us see the truth as, as a false thing, or the, the, the false thing as the truth. And this is a, a, a punishment from Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for example, says in the Quran, وَنُقَلِّبُ أَفْئِدَتَهُمْ وَأَبْصَارَهُمْ 
كما لم يؤمنوا به اول مره ونذرهم في طغيانهم ويعمهون basically i don't excuse the reference and the accurate translation it is because when they are said when it is said to them when when a proof is brought to them the minute they rejected it allah punished them by sealing their hearts so they cannot hear the truth anymore so this could be a punishment from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that when you turn away from Allah, although the, the proofs are shown to you, and Allah is there for you to ask, and you turn to other than Allah, it could be a punishment that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is making you believe that what you do is right, and the proof to this, which I've just remembered, is in Surah Al-Kahf, and it is a verse that you read every Jum'ah. And I'll read it, and it'll be the last verse I should read, inshaAllah, Surah Al-Kahf. 18, the very end of Surah Al-Kahf, which is uh, verse number 104. Uh, verse number 103 and 104, Say, O Muhammad, shall we tell you the greatest losers in respect of their deeds, those whose efforts have been wasted in this life while they thought that they were acquiring good by their deeds. So you, it is possible that you might see that which is good evil and that which is evil good as a punishment from Allah subhanahu